Hello everyone, and welcome to the Debug Log episode 46. In this episode, we discuss many of the different methods of pathfinding. From out-of-the-box solutions like Unity's NavMesh system, to do-it-yourself algorithms like ASTAR. We talk about many of the pros and cons of these systems. So without further delay, sit back and enjoy this deep dive into pathfinding. A node, node, a nippity node. A nippity node. A rap, a rap, a rapity rap. Yes, see rap, 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 rapity rap, rap, rap. All right, I'm going to start recording. Check, check. Starting to record after our song? That, that'll be our next product. Screw videos. We'll just do an album of <laughs> songs that are about learning. Christmas like, album. <laughs> Done. It might work. Probably not, but it might. You're listening to The Debug Log, a podcast about game development. My name is Zach Schneider. My name's Andrew Curry. My name is Albino Parr. <laughs> Got you out of order. <laughs> My name's Ryan Kilgore. And I'm Eduardo Castillo Fernandez. Awesome. So uh, today we got a good episode for you. It's, um, it's how to move uh, NPCs around your game. Um, but first, uh, I just want to bring up the, the iTunes reviews. Uh, those really, really help us out in reaching a wider audience. And uh, we'd be very, very grateful if uh, more people could go in and leave us reviews. And I think uh, I think we got two more new reviews, right, Obina? Yeah, we do. We've got uh, one from Arman- Armando USAF. So I guess he or she is a Air Force, serving in the Air Force. I'm guessing. An anyway, airman. she said he or she said uh, best game dev podcast. They upload good topics and are more frequent than any other game dev podcast I listen to. Gave us a five-star review on that one. And we also got one from Mez or Mez, <laughs> And they just said, good stuff, great cast and content. So appreciate you, Armando and Mez. Really, really do appreciate Armando, it. Armando, he Okay, okay, excuse me. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, it says... Don't it's put your labels a on things. Person, I'm familiar with that type of people, you know. <laughs> what do you mean Racist? that type of people? Come I know, on. right? <laughs> All right. So, um, I this is uh, the episode I was I've been thinking of for a while. Um, Andrew and I have started working on a game together, and I, I wanted to approach, I guess, moving our, our enemies around our map. And so I, I've had uh, some experience with. Um, a few different types of, of navigation uh, solutions. So I just wanted to go through a few of those today. All right. And to uh, just to clarify, when I say um, um, navigation solutions, uh, I'm talking about pathfinding and, and finding the, you know, the best possible or not, not necessarily the best possible path, but a, a path to your target um, using uh, either built in methods or, or your own uh, algorithms. Um and also, I think I mentioned uh, NPC, but that's non-playable characters um, in your game. Uh, most of you are familiar with it, but just in case uh, some of you aren't, those are all the characters in your game that you cannot move around using uh, inputs. Um, so uh, fortunately, uh, Unity comes with its own, uh, I guess, navigation solution built in. Um, I'm pretty sure you can use it in 2D, but I, I haven't yet. Um, it's called the nav mesh and it's just the, uh, basically a, a built in class, um, they use to, uh, basically to give you your, your best possible path to a target. Um, you guys have any experience using the nav mesh? Uh, yeah, oh, we, really? uh, we don't, I've used it, um, some at a current job and I think a previous one might've been a nav mesh, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're pretty flexible systems that you can, you know, also sort of visually see and create within unity. Actually, we take a step back. We're using a third party one and not unities, but, um, I don't know. They're, they're just really handy, um, for general navigation in an environment. And, you know, like I was saying about visually, we can like see with uh, the tool we're using, which is, uh, was it a critter AI? AI? Yeah. 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 Um, so you can actually like go into unity and say, Hey, generate my nav mesh. And it shows the actual polygonal surfaces that, you know, you will, your entities will be like pathfinding on. So, uh, yeah, that's what we use. 
that's that's really cool. Um, so just to be clear, uh, nav meshes aren't aren't just uh, just for Unity users. I think uh, Unreal has its own nav mesh. Um, and also, I mean, I've, this is probably way old, but Gek used to have its own nav mesh as well, um, which is pretty cool. Um, what was that? Who did? Gek, Garden of Eden Creation Kit. What oh, they okay. used for uh, oh, Fallout. That. Oh, gotcha. Um, anyway, so, uh, but I mean, I have more experience using Unity's nav mesh, so I, I think I'd go in and explain a little bit more about I guess how how Unity implements their their nav mesh and actually some of the some of the issues that that I've found uh, with their system and yeah and also the pro- components of, exactly. of the system they have yeah yeah so I mean they do make it really really easy for you and I'm not saying it's it's garbage or anything I'm just saying <laughs> for for so, there's multiple different solutions for this so when when choosing what kind of navigation or, or pathfinding solution you want. Uh, you should really explore uh, more than just what what is stock and what's right there in front of you. What are some like real quick before you dive into that? Like mm-hmm. some examples because you said NPCs going to different spots, you know, best pathfinding. But like, what's a use case for that in a game or different games? Um, so like like using uh, this this pathfinding for an enemy to come find you, so you as the player, or mm-hmm. even an AI to go find you know uh, a t- like a coverable area. So like trying to run to uh, cover and hide from you yeah. or uh, even in simulation simulations sometimes need uh, uh, nav meshes for for things to right. move around and interact with other things in the environment yeah like i was just thinking like of some of the practical examples you've seen like uh, you know like those auto walk games or like mm-hmm. maybe you have someone that's leading you or something uh, some npc that's leading your character somewhere or following behind you, you know it's like a follow and they just follow around your character uh, and then there's I'm also glad- like Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I, I was just saying, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I've been saying this is just for NPCs, but it could also be for your player. So say you have a, like a, a, a click to move um, game. So you you would just basically set your target there and your player would use the dab mesh to navigate to that position. So Or even like even like your games, like those games that show your path ahead that you need to go like division or something. Right. Oh, like yeah, towards exactly. your target or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think I used that in one of my current games I was working on. So, yeah. Do you have anything else, Abina? Uh, no, no, no. I was just okay. thinking of other so, examples. But yeah. So this shit's important. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's, it makes, it's, yeah. It's, it's in any game with movement and AI like that. Basically. Seriously. Yeah. Um, okay, so Unity implements this uh, really, really pretty pretty simply, and it can get complicated, but it for the most part, it's rather rather easy to use. So basically, you have your, your environment set up and, and your level set up, so you have your ground and you have your walls and all that. And then so you'll go in to up to the Windows tab and open up your uh, navigation tab. And this tab, it'll, it has you know a whole bunch of uh, uh, parameters. So it'll, it'll say, okay, your, your slope and, and um, I guess the distance from a non-walkable object you want to generate, things like that. So you go and set all that information. And at the bottom, you have this button that says bake. Uh, and so you'll hit the bake button and it basically bakes your nav mesh. And you'll see it pop up on your screen as... I can't remember what color it is. I think it's uh, blue, but it it can change colors based on some more of the advanced settings. Um, but I got prior. Go ahead. No, actually, quick question for you, Zach. What so what does like a nav mesh represent when you like you say nav mesh? But what does that actually represent for I guess the developer when they're like creating this nav mesh or baking this nav mesh? What does that mean? Okay, for- so it's uh, if I. My interpretation of it is it's basically the walkable area in your map, right? So it'll set up several nodes uh, in that walkable area. And it, oftentimes it breaks it up into triangles, right? Or in cases where it can, it might break it up into a different shape. But for the most part, it breaks up into triangles. And it yeah, sets- I mean, go ahead. Oh, go, sorry. Are you done? Or sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I was, I was used to say from like my experience, a lot of times they're just, you know, polygonal convex surfaces that are connected. And it's basically just defining a traversable area for, mm-hmm. you know, some agent or character. Um, and that has the benefit of like, since you know that those are traversable areas, you can maybe avoid some like sort of collision detection and other things such as that because you know that the agent is moving in an allowed area. So, you know, they're not going to all of a sudden hit a wall or something like that. And yeah, like Zach was saying, all these... <laughs> 
all these polygons are kind of like sort of assembled in a node structure in the back end so you can know how to move from like one polygon to the next and um you know the nav meshes are pretty good for like 3d spaces because mm-hmm. you know obviously well, being that's a polygon gonna, well that's what i was oh, gonna go ask is, is it like is it because like in the past and like the, even the little game we're kind of working on it's like node ba- like they're cell based things and with cells you can always just put those rules in there and determine it but I guess once you got into the world of 3D stuff, it's such an abnormal shapes and abnormal things. It kind of helps just map out right. what's possible spaces. Yeah, yes. so you, yeah, you'll have more abstract shapes. It's not just going to be, like you said, a grid structure or something like that. It's like all of a sudden you may have a staircase, and then this just sort of like really cool sort of curved, you know, sort of flat area or something. You know, there's just going to yeah. be a lot more diversity to your environment using the nav mesh base instead of just like a strict <clears throat> grid structure. Gotcha. Oh, and and Ryan, when you said agents, like what are you referring to? Is that just another word for NPC, or is there a special? <laughs> are case? you paranoid all of a sudden and you're just like <laughs> yeah, agents yeah. inside my door? <laughs> Wait a minute, did you call them? Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, sorry. What, yeah, there's a lot of did I guess different things <laughs> that uh, entities that move can be called. So we've heard NP, and it's just kind of like you know, I guess the categorization of NPC is just a non-player character, which could also be an entity or agent. When I say agent. I, I generally mean just the the thing traversing in this case the navigation mesh. So is it a person or is it you know the like a, the player's entity or is it an NPC controlled entity? Basically, whoever is querying like the nav mesh to create a path and like using that uh, graph structure to like find find a path in that system is what an agent is. Or when I talk about it right now, what it is. And, and also, uh, Unity does also call their. Uh, the objects that are on the Namesh uh, agents. Yeah. Uh, oh, I can't remember go. whether uh, Unreal does or not. <laughs> oh, that's but, what he says. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, so basically it sets up this this whole thing for you. Now, you do have to do some work prior to baking, so you'll have to go and set all your walls to non-walkable. Um, and then also has uh, more advanced features like uh, setting weights for different areas. So say you have grass. And you want that's a the, you want to set that as as a higher weight, so it would cost more to walk in grass or sand is a better example than say concrete, which is right next to it. You can separate areas like that. Cool. That actually brings up a good point, just about the underlying structure for what this nav mesh and what these walkable areas mean behind the scenes. I guess for the weighted, uh, mm-hmm. I guess values. Uh, and, and I guess I guess Zach, you can go into this a little bit more. But just like what are, what do are these values represent as far as like the actual, you know, pathfinding algorithms that are working behind the scenes to, you know, move these agents across your world. Uh, right. So it, it's kind of, uh, I'm trying to think of uh, the best way to explain it. Um, so there, there's this, this algorithm called like the heuristic, right? And so this, this is the, I guess the, the value that you're trying, uh, the value you're calculating to get your, your lowest possible path, right? So it's the value you calculate to to assess each move. So um, we're, we'll go out a lot more over it when we get to A star, which is another another algorithm um, that they use for for pathfinding. But uh, it's it's usually calculated from uh, your current node to your next node and the cost of that, which uh, can be adjusted by at least in in other algorithms can be adjusted by the uh, the the programmer. Or, yeah. uh, and then also, uh, which is another uh, element of that is, um, I, I'm not sure, quite sure what they call it, but basically it's the cost of the move from that next node that you're going to, to the end node. And then you add those yeah. together and you get your, your heuristic or your F value. Well, yeah, kind of, kind of what Zach's saying is like, you know, you know like we, we, we had this concept of sort of baking the nav mesh we've mentioned before, which baking is, uh, just in case you don't know that term, is a general term for like uh, like upfront, offline, like uh, compilation pre, or computation. Yeah, yeah pre, pre-runtime, meaning pre, yeah. Yeah, pre-compiled before you start the game, before you start playing. It's a piece of data that's been pre-calculated to, so you don't have to pay that expense at runtime. And what that baking does at least in the nav mesh case, is it's creating that sort of uh, tree structure or graph um, in the background that will allow, you know, your agents to say, like, you know, okay, what's basically the, 
you know, the cost to move from, say, this polygon to that polygon. And then during runtime, it can look up those values and try to determine the best path. And like Zach said, you'll use a heuristic, which we'll talk about a little later in the show, which, you know, a heuristic could be like a eh, sneak peek here, uh, A-star or Dijkstra's or something like that to actually traverse this mesh to find, say, the optimal or the optimal or just whatever type of path you want to find like you know it could be the shortest it could be the one that like you were saying goes through the least amount of sand or the least amount of tar or whatever so or even one that may pick a random direction every now and then to go in the greg model the greg model model, (laughs) that's a terribly inside joke (laughs) hopefully he does not listen to this episode i'm gonna be fired um (laughs) i take it (laughs) So, yes, so uh, in our example that we're using, say the sand costs two to walk on and the concrete costs one. So if the node you're going to is uh, possibly across the sand, but the concrete goes around it, uh, depending on the distance and and some other factors, you might pick the the least cost path, which would take you on just the concrete, avoiding all of the sand. Um, So that's what what that... Uh, that here where that heuristic kind of comes into play and i'm not sure you can really play with that very much in unity um using their their nav mesh class but i'm sure you can create your own class that'll i mean i've seen people add waypoints to nav meshes to i guess to make it um look a little bit more natural which is i guess where we come up to some of the cons of using unity's uh nav mesh system so like we said it when it when it builds this this map it basically builds these uh, these triangles all over the ground, these polygons all over the ground, and you see them. And what you notice is a lot of the, the lines, so basically each edge of each triangle is one of the lines you'll walk on. So if your your end node is not in the center of one, of, or if it is in the center of one of those triangles and you're completely on the other side of the map, you're going to walk along these lines for the most part, right? So... If it's a big, wide-open area, it's going to make very big triangles, meaning you're going to be guided towards walking on the edge or walking straight to the center of this area, which kind of makes it uh, look kind of stupid, uh, at least your AI. So it, it just doesn't look as intelligent. You can, I think you can define the, the maximum size of a cell so it doesn't look quite as um, you know, non, not intelligent. I'm, I'm trying to think of a better synonym for that, but it just keeps coming up. Yeah. So <laughs> let me see if I understand. If you, when you bake the um, your path, your the 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 NPC is gonna walk in the edges of the polygons. Not necessarily the edges, but the edges. Uh, well, yes, edges of the polygon, but not necessarily the edges of that room, right? So it's gonna pick. So say there are edges directly down the center of the room. It'll walk directly down the center of the room, but it'll just go in a straight path until it reaches a point where it needs to change direction, right? So it's not going to keep changing direction or or, or make a complex path. Now, it's, Unity does have of uh, components that you can put to make it, I guess, adjust its path. So they have things called nav mesh agents, which is what you use for your character, and that's or or any NPC. You apply that to it and you tell it its speed, and that basically activates it on the nav mesh, saying, "Hey." I'm a nav mesh object. And then there's also uh, a component called a uh, nav mesh obstacle. And this is what you put on things like, for instance, um, uh, say there's a car in the way, right? So in this car moves, if you put this nav mesh obstacle on it and you enable, um, uh, I can't remember what the, uh, components, not the component, the, uh, the variables call, but basically it'll, uh, at runtime, uh, compute the the new path around this object depending on where it is. So what are those waypoints do then? Are they putting uh, so, putting it out in the no man's land between those edges just so it like kind of veers more towards that area? Yes and no. So basically, uh, yes, and that they, that can uh, that you can use it to do that. But I've also seen things like um, uh, just to like for instance, a, a character has a move distance. Right. So mm-hmm. say it, it's a turn based game, they can only move a certain amount of spaces. Uh, they're not going to want to go all the way to their target. They're going to want to go a certain amount of distance in the correct direction. Um, so I've seen it used like that as well. Uh, OK. Uh, what happens if you want to uh, your NPC to move uh, like from the second floor to the first one and you don't have stairs? Like uh, you can I'm, jump. I'm glad you asked that because that's also uh, at least 
in my experience, one of the issues with uh, Unity, they ha- do have something that uh, accounts for that, which calls uh, I think it's off mesh links, right? And so it's it's basically represented on the screen as this big arrow going from one plane to another on the nav mesh, mm-hmm. and uh, I can't remember whether you could. I think it triggers something when you have to enter that, but the default um, th- there's no like default. Uh, action that happens with your character. It basically just jumps from one mesh to the other by like almost hopping. So it's not like it, like I've, I've had issues where there's just a little bump in, in the ground. So say almost like just one step, not even a, uh, like a staircase and it's generated an off, off mesh link. And my characters literally look like they walked over a speed bump to get to the other side. So it's not like a smooth linear transition. It'll just jump. Um, and not by not in terms of it's here and now it's here, but it interpolates that jump and going up and over and then down. Um, and interpolates the direction of the character and all that, or yeah, it jumps yeah. to the oh, okay. So it kind of looks weird. I think uh, I haven't done too much ex- uh, experimentation with the off nav mesh links um, uh, in probably about two years now, but uh, it was not very uh, fluid when I played with it last. Um, what else? Oh yeah, the so the first unite I went to also um, they were talking about the ability to generate multiple nav meshes in one scene. So not just having these uh, different weights of different uh, surfaces, but also being able to say generate a nav mesh on the floor and a nav mesh on the ceiling. Uh, but they they never came out with that feature. So really, you can only have one nav mesh in a scene uh, with Unity, which kind of stinks. Uh, Especially for for games where you maybe you want your creatures to to go from crawling on the floor to crawling on the ceiling, you might have to make your own solution for that. So, but if you want to have multi- multiple NPCs moving in your scene, are all of them going to be in the same nav mesh? Yes. So they'll oh, all yeah. use the same nav mesh. So are yeah, they going to it... react like uh, obstacles between each other? Yeah, so avoid. you can even uh, apply that nav mesh obstacle to each of your enemies, and they'll avoid each other. <laughs> okay. That's yeah, think of think of the nav mesh as just a data set for like you know, uh, again these agents or entities to to like read from. So you know, in, all of them are just like querying that data and saying, hey, you know, I need to make a move from point A to point B. How? What's the best way to get there? You know, how should I get there? And then they make their decisions. So you could have like, you know, say left, left for dead. Um, you know, they use the nav mesh system. You could have like, you know, 50 zombies chasing you down along there. And they may have a lot of local like avoidance. Like they're trying to like, you know, you know Zach was saying, like not hit each other by, you know, being uh, marked as obstacles or something like that. But, um, you know, all of them are just referencing that same nav mesh saying, I'm here, I want to be there, how do, like, how do I do it? And usually, generally, like, you get back a set of waypoints or something like that, and then the system tells you, you know, first you're going to go here, then you're going to go here, then you're going to go here. And then, you know, as the agent reads that, it'll be like, okay, I'm approaching my first destination, now I need to set my next target to the next node in the list or whatever. Yeah, and also that reminds me when you said set detonation, that's literally like the only piece of code you need to call when, well, that and make sure your stop distance is correct. But when once you have your all, all that set up, the nav mesh and your nav mesh agent, and you got your reference and code, all you have to do is say nav mesh agent dot set destination, and it'll just go, which is really cool. Go! Just go. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think we've, we've gone over nav mesh. Uh, oh, I have a one, more, one quick question. Yep. Just like, because I haven't messed around too much with this, but I wonder how does Unity and the NavMesh, uh, I guess, system handle there being like a lot of obstacles on the NavMesh? Like, say you have, you know, 50 agents running around on a very small area of NavMesh. Like, how do they, this, is that like super expensive because it's constantly trying to repath because of all these obstacles that are also in motion? I was about um, to say, are they all in motion at the same time? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I know they used uh, like at least a, a Unite last year. They were showing a, a, an example of you know mass Perfect. simulation, mm-hmm. um, and I think they had, jeez, uh, it, it must have been at least a, a couple thousand uh, things moving on a nav mesh. Although it may wow. have not, wow. yeah. So it, I mean, it, it was able to handle it. I, I think, again, I don't know what kind of computer they were running it on, 
Um, what kind? What kind of like? What kind of things were using the nav mesh? Was it like a fully animated like? I think it was like iPad or something and, like that. No, it was, a, human. No, it, it it was like a character. Or something. Yeah, something but within simple. a certain distance, it drew the character. So uh, if it wasn't within a certain distance or able to like, so if it wasn't being a, a, a occluded, right? So yeah. th- then it would draw uh, the character. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, it, it would be uh, a sphere or something like that. Yeah, because at a certain point, yeah, you're. It's not like it's not really the nav, like, nav mesh or that. Uh, you know, methodology that's maybe the biggest overhead. It may just be you're animating like 50 characters or a thousand yeah, characters on exactly. screen, and that's just going to kill you. So, <clears throat> right. So, I mean, if it's a bunch of simple uh, spheres I, and you have them all in view at the same time, I'm not sure the the, the performance of that. I, I literally haven't run any really benchmark tests for that. So, uh, thing to do tomorrow. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so we we've, we've gone over the the nav mesh and how how Unity implements it, and I, I'm sure so, uh, uh, there there's differences in some of the other engines like Un- Unreal and and Gek and uh, uh, does Lumberyard have one? I'm not sure. Um, anyway, so I'm sure using Lumberyard. Yeah, I don't know. Lumberyard Oh, that's right. Yeah, sorry. That's right. Um, so uh, I guess. We'll move on to like the I guess the most well known. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me. Before you uh, continue, um, did you find any like game that is using nav mesh properly so people can see like good examples of, of games to uh, get some ideas? Um, what was it? <laughs> yeah, virtually any like any game made in Unreal where there's NPCs. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I'm pretty sure that most of them are using uh, nav mesh, or I mean, even in Unity, if there's multiple people or multiple characters, they're more than likely using the nav mesh to move around. Yeah, I, I mean, their own thing. Yeah, unless they they've made or you know, like uh, where Ryan's working, they're using a third party. But uh, I don't, <laughs> I don't know of any that are claiming, oh, hey, we're using the nav mesh and it's working great. Oh, uh, okay. well, but it, it actually, is a very good solution. Yeah, I mean. I'll, like joking around, but you no, know, like Valve used it in Left for Dead, and they've actually got some GDC talks about you know using the nav mesh to move like all these zombies at once, and like you know placing things along the nav mesh, such as like you know ammo waypoints and things like that, and uh, also even getting into the point of like you know you've got the nav mesh you're running, but then you know these zombies climb shit, so it's like you know how they right. would determine like if there was an area they could climb and then move to like the next navigation area or something <laughs> like that. So plus it's just cool to like shoot down zombies in that game and well, that tied into that bigger that. director system they had, which yeah, is like monitoring exactly. your performance and then said, well, this is too easy. Let's throw some more people at you right now. Yeah. <laughs> right here's a horde. Yeah, have fun. Um. So yeah. So um. A star. It's it's like the the most popular algorithm to use for your uh, uh, for your navigation solution or your your pathfinding solution. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's supposed to be the fastest, right? Um, I wouldn't say fastest um, because it all depends on your implementation of it, uh, depending on the heuristic that you use. Right, right. Because it's really a toss up between you know, I guess you as a developer, you just decide whether you're going for, I know, speed or, I guess, accuracy of the pathfinding. Uh, so I think that's where, I guess, you really, that's only really weight, or the, the most of the weight that you could put on it is how you decide to implement the A-star using a certain heuristic. So. All right. So, uh, <laughs> well, thank you. That, I mean, it was, it, it's, a, the, it's the right answer. So basically, how you set up your heuristic determines how, um, how quick this this uh, algorithm will work. So say if you, you want to keep adding random turns in there, it's not going to work, say, as nice as something else will. Um, well, there's also a good point for the like that algorithm, too, is that um, on th- like if speed aside, it will find a solution if there is a solution. Yeah. So it's one of those things where it's a reliable algorithm, too. Right. So... Uh, we can just go into a little bit about uh, ASTAR and how it's implemented. So like we said, it uh, previously there, there's the heuristic where it, it chooses, um, I guess, the, the least uh, uh, the path that costs the less to, to uh, move along, meaning they, that it costs the least to go from your current node to the next node, and then also from that, that next node to the end node. 
right? And if that that those two values which are added together and give you your F value, if that value is the lowest, then that's the move you want to make first. Um, so a little bit about how how you implement. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to go to like a full tutorial on how to do it, um, but you basically have two uh, lists of nodes. And so you basically set up a whole graph of nodes on your in your game. So for instance, I'm doing a, like a procedural based uh, or procedurally generated dungeon that just uses tiles, and each tile is its own node, which has um, eight connecting nodes. So eight tiles touch it around each edge or around the edges. So each of those is a node, right? So I make my diagonals cost. Uh, was it? Um, 14 and my um my vertical and horizontal movements are um 10 right so did you do it based on the youtube tutorial that you showed me? there are, there are several tutorials so i they did use a, the same like numbers a, <laughs> that's why I was. yes and no so okay. i used some you of calling them out for not Jesus, <laughs> he got it Didn't straight from the tutorial copy? yeah <laughs> Uh, that's what we all do, folks. Exactly. So, yeah. I know. I that's why know. Stack Overflow exists. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> just I, do it, dude. To be more specific, uh, I, I had found a, uh, a tutorial online of how to do this, and it showed how to the big old graphic on how to how to set it up. But to answer your question, I want to know. I didn't. I used one part of that, mm-hmm. uh, which is the fact that he didn't want to. It was basically he was calculating the. Um, uh, the distance from the the position he's at and then the position of the next node, the center of the next node, which would be, I think it's 1.4 for your diagonals. And he didn't want to deal with, uh, um, the commas decimals. Yeah. Uh-huh. So he, he basically multiplied it by 10. So you have 10 for your movement up and then 14 for your movement across. And then the actual, uh, I guess main part of what I got was from a, a Linda tutorial. So, yeah, I think they, um, they calculate all the, those numbers that 1.4 and one from like, it's basically the Pythagorean theorem where they do yeah, like exactly, the, you know, square yeah. root of the, yeah, but that's, that's a clever idea to multiply by 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Make it more even again. I mean, those numbers it, can be any number you want. Really. It's just like you do with your unity. Just measure. in relation. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're setting up your grass, your sand, your mountains versus your gravel. It all is just right. how you want to, you know, traverse that and the cost associated with it. Right. So you you have all those. Uh, your, you basically calculate this this heuristic as you move along uh, through, throughout your search. But you have these these two lists, right? And one is your your nodes to visit list, and one is your visited nodes list, right? And then, if I'm not mistaken, you can also have a, a third list where it's your your actual path. But you won't need that one until the end, I think, because once you once you get all the way through all your nodes and you finally reach your destination node, then you travel backwards um, through all your nodes because it's basically a, basically a tree search at that point. Um, so you you go into your first node, your start node, and then you say, OK, what's my lowest uh, cost move from here? You select that and then you you calculate your heuristic. And then you take your next lowest cost and you calculate that one and you say, okay, if I go from here to the next one, does it cost less? If it does, make this your path. If it doesn't, go back and do the next lowest again. Um, So that's just, uh, I know it's kind of confusing, but it's a lot easier to see in visual visual form. Like I said, I had to look through a bunch of tutorials to really find a good explanation of it. Um, But it's, it's very... Uh, once you get it, it's it's like ah uh, like that aha moment. You're like oh, I completely and totally get it now. But it's really hard to just get it by explaining. Okay, well this is a list and this is a list. And in fact, the first tutorial I looked through that I got some of this data from was just a complete text tutorial, and it was really confusing. Yeah, and also I we just just mentioned that more often than not, like uh we like me and Ryan and I know Zach. Well, Zach's doing his own custom solution, but more often than not, you're going to have these solutions, especially with Unity and Unreal and these major game engines where these algorithms are basically, you know, ready made for you. System. Yeah, they're yeah. just in the, yeah, embedded in the system or in the engine. So you can just make use of it and modify it as you need, uh, just by modifying the heuristic at this point and not really re implementing A star or Dijkstra's, di- which we'll get into a little later. Uh, one thing that I wanted to mention before we move on, though, uh, mm-hmm. is just talking about some of the main or some of the common heuristics that are mentioned when talking about A star and pathfinding. 
Uh, only because, you know, for people that may be listening who might go on a job interview and I guess for the engineering folks, not even the engineering folks, sometimes they ask this in games in general, like whether you know about pathfinding, but they talk about these heuristics. And one of them is the Manhattan heuristic, which is a common one. Uh, and those it's really common because it's used for, again, like the, the heuristic you choose is kind of dependent on your the map that you have. Uh, most likely in games, you're gonna, your map is going to be kind of crazy or or not really, it's not going to be like a grid-based map usually, or it's not like a, it's not really that properly formed. So that's why you get into these well, nav meshes. This is top-down, isn't it? Say again? With top-down yeah, games, game is, but not all, most all of them have uh, like a grid structure. Yeah, but yeah, not not all, I guess, traversing. It doesn't have to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Yeah, it doesn't have to be. So that's why, that is where you pick how you choose your heuristic. And then Manhattan comes is best when you're dealing with like a grid-based system because it gets its name from, you know, the the island of Manhattan, the boroughs in New York. And it was just like it, they built their city in these like grid square blocks or whatever. So that's how it gets the name where it's always like moving in uh, horizontal or vertical um, motions or directions. So it's like a right angle, I think is how they explain it, just right angle movements. Um, anyway, and then there's the Euclidean Euclid, Euclidean uh, heuristic, yeah. uh, which yeah. which is basically motion in any direction, which is probably uh, what you probably use more off. Well, I think diagonal is another common one because that's like more you know distance between short distance is in a straight line. So that's where I think, or uh, like Zach said, he used that fourteen value for I think diagonal movements, um, right? Did you say that, Zach? <laughs> Diagonal. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Sorry. And then 10 was for your, your north and south or east, west. Well, then you also have, I don't even know what it's called, but have you seen when they use a star like in the uh, scrollers like that? Um, what is it? It's the infinite Mario thing, that challenge they had, and it's a star. They had to use a star, but it's it, 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 you have to make Mario, Mario, like Mario 3 or whatever game it is, mm-hmm. run by itself using a star. And it's just parabolic. It, it shows the little, the different like parabolic paths being drawn out, and it picks in between each of them. Let me see if I can find that. But that that's a really neat thing because you see it actually in action in a way that you usually don't. You're usually thinking about this as a grid, top down mm-hmm. kind of thing. And just to mention one of the one of the really, uh, I guess, the, the one of the pros for using a star is that you can use it like, like Andrew said at runtime. Right, so you don't have to generate this nav mesh prior to uh, to building or prior to com- uh, compiling. You can just run this at runtime, and it'll make your graft, and then it'll it'll find you the best path. Well, I have a question then, Zach. Mm-hmm. Actually, is there well, is there a con to not using you know these runtime solutions for nav mesh or for navigation? Um. It's. I mean, it's hard to set up. Like I said, like if you don't understand it, it's going to be really hard to like. It's there's a learning curve basically in setting it up. But once you do get it, it's it's you get it. Um, I mean, there are there are other solutions which we can get into later. Like um, basically, it's it's a complete pre-compiled path, uh, whereas NavMesh is a a pre-compiled. uh, set of nodes and then you use those nodes uh, a star sets those nodes up at runtime so it defines all the nodes and well, then searches them right um well actually i mean the nav mesh stuff is a methodology for creating your your nodes and their relationships your, right so like your graph like, right now you can now you can use nav mesh and then use a star to query that nav mesh data to find yeah. the most optimal path. So we want to be clear that like when we're saying here we're using A star, you could have used nav mesh data to generate the graph data that A star now uses at runtime to figure out where your agent should go. Mm-hmm. So there's there's not it's not like a like it, an all or nothing thing like you're using nav mesh or you're using A star. You can use nav mesh data and an A star algorithm to find that. So Right, so A star is the algorithm you use not not right. the graph per se. So um like a, so, what I was saying is basically the nav mesh is this this graph that's already created and it gives you your nodes, and then a star is it uses it, it's basically the algorithm you can use to navigate this graph at runtime, and then there's also um, uh, these pre-compiled paths, uh, which would be uh, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it's it's almost infinitely faster uh, at runtime because it has all possible permutations of your path already saved in some big file somewhere 
And so as long as you have a, a, a moderately effective search method defining which path you're searching for, then that would be a, a much faster search for you. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm glad that um, Ryan mentioned um, that point because that's how Unity um, starts explaining the nav mesh. So they say that there are two problems that are um, related to each other. So first you have to find the path um, which requires the whole map and then um, the other problem is how you're going to uh, go through that path that only requires the polygons in 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 the path. So, yeah, that's a good point. Right, so, um, yes, A-star. So, um, there's there's also several different uh, like like uh, Obina was saying there's there's several different uh, heuristics that are that are common and then there's also special cases of um, of a star so uh, I think we mentioned earlier Dijkstra's algorithm which is a special version of a star and, and it's a version which your heuristic is zero I believe so it's where it's the best possible path you can take. Um, Whereas a star can and whatever you can pick your heuristic, whereas Dijkstra is the perfect heuristic, so it's the fastest way to get from point A to point B. Uh, so it'll go through and, and and find all your weights of all your your uh, lines, so all the all the edges are weighted, and it goes through and searches to find the least or uh, the most effective path for that. Um, and then I think we, we've already gone over well, a little bit of the, the pre-compiled path, which is uh, you, you would take each one of your, uh, your nodes that you have and you say, okay, this node can reach, or, or you, you record all the paths to each other node from that specific node and all permutations of all the nodes, which granted can take a, a long time if you have a bunch of nodes, but you just save that into a file. And then when you do need to... Uh, to search uh, for a, a pathing solution, you just say, "Okay, I'm here, and I need to get here." Find that in your list, in your file somewhere, and then return me my uh, my list so I can go and and navigate those nodes. Yeah, I, I was just I was just thinking about some like some of the old games, like maybe some of the old MMOs and stuff. How you can kind of see like the solutions pre like nav mesh days and more dynamic stuff like that because you know say take a game like everquest where they you know had these pre-determined little like you know they, i'm like, like setting up the nodes and paths that like the agents could walk between because they would do stuff like you know say you aggroed a knoll or something like that it would just run straight at you as best it could and then try to attack you but the minute it was done with that it ran back to like the closest node and just got back on that path again you know it wasn't it wasn't nearly as dynamic you kind of see it's like just this train riding the rails until something you and they know, get to the sort of aggravated it they about face when they get there you're like yeah exactly i got my orders gotta patrol yeah. again yeah yeah so the these pre-compiled paths they're they're very efficient but they're not dynamic so again you have to pre-compile this so before you ship the game you can't have like this uh, i mean you can have it, I guess, make this file after after you ship the game. But it's it, like I said, if there's a ton of nodes, it's going to take a while to create that file. Um, so yeah, uh, did you guys have any other uh, any any other types of uh, um, pathfinding solutions that you guys have used? Hmm. I mean, those are kind of the major ones, you know, the, at least the ones I've used over the years. Like you're saying, these sort of pre-built paths that things will. <laughs> run along or you know something like a nav mesh which is kind of like you know creates that data up front and then uh tries to figure it out on the fly actually previous job i used one it was another one of these third-party jobs and uh, i don't know i'm trying to it wasn't a nav mesh but it was essentially i think it used maybe just used a star and then just kind of broke down like where you were clicking on a 2d plane because that's how we're representing things and then just like finding its way around the obstacles but it wasn't i forget the name of it though sorry it's that's a very vague description but thank you it, ryan yeah <laughs> thanks no for your contribution for that, <laughs> for that non like non tidbit right there so. <laughs> anyway i've used uh I, i've used a very stupid solution which is just purely a waypoint system so it doesn't care about any kind of obstacles or what's in its way all it cares about is hey i need to go from point a to point b i'm going to interpolate the the 
your position between those two points over a certain amount of time and just go. Um, so in cases I, where it does hit an obstacle, it just keeps like it'll go right smash, through it, smashing into it. <laughs> okay. No, it won't mash into it. It'll just go right through it. Um, but I mean, that, I mean, it, it, like I said, it's a stupid solution, but it, to be honest, it was actually the quickest solution I could come up with at that point. Um, and for instance, uh, you can also use, uh, like, uh, my boss was actually telling me about something he did and he basically, he had, uh, his, his target that he was going towards and, or his, his target position and he would send out feelers. So he just shoot off a, uh, uh, a, uh, basically a feeler in one direction until it collided with something. And if it collided with something prior to, to, uh, to meeting its target, then it would, okay, I'm going to modify my, my orientation go. And then if it made it to a certain point where it had to turn 180 degrees to get to its, it, the, to the target, then it would just go back and start that whole process over again. It was, if I'm not mistaken, it was generally in the forward direction. So he would rotate the character towards that, uh, that node and then shoot off off in, in the forward direction, which this whole process as he ex- was explaining to me was very cumbersome and, and, uh, yeah, so is it like feelers? Is that are those ray casts? He's just like firing a ray. Out? I am a, I yeah. am assuming they are ray casts, but I'm like I don't, I don't know. He basically he so just said like, checking for collisions, and I'm like uh, okay. Agent is just constantly thrusting a ray into the world. Where am right. I? Where am I going? <laughs> Poking in all directions. Yeah, I'm blind. <laughs> Got a little cane out. Where the fuck am it's I? It's an octopus <laughs> in the direction. Direction. Yeah. Well, that grid. Right. So I mean, there there. Are, a large number of solutions, but the, these were some of the, uh, I guess the most common solutions and, and some of the, solu- most of the solutions I've actually tried. So, um, I am very pro, uh, a star at the moment because that's what I'm currently using. Um, and I don't necessarily like the, these, uh, the Dijkstra's method mainly because it, it chooses the perfect path. So it's always going to move straight towards that, that object. So it, it kind of removes some of that, um, you know, natural movement. Yeah. We characters. always, I was telling Zach that we always learned Dijkstra when I learned it in school it was always for networking classes mm-hmm. for like connection or packets and all that stuff over like, you know, internet centers and stuff. Like we, it was always based on that and finding the quickest path on the network and the internet, yeah. but it doesn't make the most natural walking. <laughs> I don't think maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I've had that, that issue cause I, I, I accidentally used Dijkstra's in, in uh, the game I'm, I've been making by just, I was just playing around with the, the heuristic and trying to get it to work. And I was like, Oh crap, this is literally just going in a straight line to its target. I'm like, this is not what I wanted. Uh, and it, it just kind of looks l- like uh, Ryan was saying when, when uh, he, he, I guess he was talking about like that you've angered this troll and it's running straight at you. Uh, it, it looked exactly like that. So it's going to just come like a laser beam straight at you. So I, I really didn't like how that looked. So uh, if you do get a star working, play around with the heuristic because you, you might get some, some cool behavior. Yeah. The end, the heuristic um, changes the, the algorithm that they're using a lot. Mm-hmm. So cool. So uh, I think we're going to take a break and then when we come back, it'll be a, a rapid fire roundup. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> All right, we're back for rapid fire roundup. We have a couple stories. We have a couple stories tonight. One of the big events. I mean, it's not a particular story because there's like thirty thousand of them right now. But um, No Man's Sky finally released. After three, two or three years of anticipation and delays and Yay. thinking it's going to change the world. And Sad Panda, it only came out for PS4. PC, too, I think. Not yet. Friday. Unless Friday, it, PC. Yeah. yeah. You want a PC. Well, anyways. last Friday, by the time you hear this, I guess. <laughs> yeah. What are some heavy... Uh, the general consensus I've got is that... Because a lot of the story before this game came out was that people didn't know what it was going to be. And they kept showing these exploration things and... I think a lot of people didn't understand what procedural generation meant to, because like anything's possible. It's like, well, they're still making the models of the things. It's just variations of. But the big thing, the big takeaway I've gotten from some of the coverage is that it's way more survival game than a lot of people anticipated. 
like like yeah. resource collecting and stuff. Yeah, it's much more. Yeah, exactly. It's you know, it kind of almost. I don't want to say it like necessarily smacks of spore, but you know, it's like because it's got like way more sort of content and planets and stuff to go to. I think. Oh yeah, definitely because it's like what some like some quintillion amount of places you could go or something right. like that. Speaking but yeah, which, somebody like, was like, "Oh no, by the time I get it, all the planets we've discovered." I'm like, <laughs> "Good luck." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> try, try that out. Um, but. <laughs> But yeah, it's like uh, I've I've heard a real like sort of mixed bag on things because I think some people in their heads like built it up bigger than what it was. Like it's going to be this massive multiplayer environment where we're all flying around together. And I mean, even the developers said, you know, hey, you will be able to see somebody if they get near you. You know, you actually happen onto the same planet, perhaps, but it's not like really primarily this big multiplayer experience. It's about the exploration and the resource gathering. So I've heard all just the article. There's been a ton of articles, and they've all ranged from like, you know, meh, you know, this isn't what I thought it would be to like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, just this sort of repetition that I can't keep away from like the constant exploration and reward of seeing something new is great but then there's other people who are just like i can't hang out with my friends and shoot shit you know so right i don't know it's sort so of all it, over the place this is a good How example do you win of this a game, game? Uh, who has mostly uh easy fun because it's just exploration exploration like with yeah well plans. that's what's we- that's what's weird reading those comments because i thought it was like exploration the big story the big question i had is like well where's the yeah like you said where's the kind of the hard fun or the the overlapping thing that's going to bring people together. And it looks like it's a survival thing, and they're trying to bring that. But a lot of people, if you read the comments on the the stories about that, and other people are like, I thought it was going to be mostly story-based. And I was like, who told you that? I was like, I don't know. Yeah, this goes I've back to last that, week, yeah. expectations yeah. and people <laughs> shitting on your game. Like, it's like a – so, exactly. I mean – I'm, I'm going to buy it on PC, though, and check it out. So I I've think. honestly pre-ordered it. I mean, it just... The idea of being able to do that, like, planet to space, sort of, like, flying out of there and just, like, checking stuff out, it's worth a go, I feel like. Now, it's not to say it's for everyone, obviously, but I'm with you, man. I'm. It's pre-ordered, so... Yeah, it'll be fun to check out, and maybe in a few weeks we'll uh, do a... Maybe if it's if it's good enough, it'll earn Game of the Week status, maybe. <laughs> and we'll talk Perhaps. about more of it then. Once if we it's can... truly worthy, yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, the other story I had is one of my Zach and I's game of the year last year, 2015. Uh, the one game we all play together more consistently than the other one is Rocket League. Uh, and I was talking to Zach about this today, and since they, you know, it was a big smash success, it was the one game I wish I had designed because it's so simple and pure and it's executed so well. They haven't rested on their laurels, even though they've sold $50 million worth. I don't know. It's like a huge They could have just sat back and done nothing. Right. And just updated and put more cars and more like uh, antennas and stuff in there. Which, which they actually had I'm done. surprised Branding. that they have yeah. Well, they had done that. Some, they but, have, but they haven't done as much as I thought they would have. But they've done cool things. Like they released yeah. the rocket, the lab thing where it has all these crazy courses and stuff. And they did the... They, they do this weird hockey thing. And they released the basketball thing, which is kind of fun. And so they're they're trying to innovate and put you know mix it up a little bit, and I, this and I haven't been following them or followed them on Twitter or anything, but we haven't played in a while. But we might need starting in September because in September they're releasing a new mode called Rumble Mode. And if you watch the trailer of this, basically it looks like it's the same arena and it's like the same normal Rocket League mode where it's you know you're just trying to it's like soccer with cars, but the big kind of twist on this is that you have powers i guess you'd call them special abilities yeah. like the beginning of that trailer shows a guy coming in and about to get the shot of this gif we're looking at and a, a big boot on a spring <laughs> kicks him out of the way yeah it's like looney tunes <laughs> yeah like that's what Wiley i said today yeah. <laughs> it's looney tunes superpowers in this because it's like there's a list here it says there's a boot there's like a freezer there's a grappling hook there's a magnetizer there's a plunger with a core that you can shoot at the ball I don't even know what to expect because it's none a of tornado them, too. Like none of the yeah, there's tornado. There, none of these things seem balanced or anything. It looks like it's just going to be mayhem or something. So uh, yes, <laughs> I think it's going to be fun. Like yeah, I just it's a, it's a neat example of a developer who's there's no reason for them to do this, but they're just having fun. You know, they're doing. I guess they have a whole studio full of people. Like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Looney Tunes stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's starting to kind of get that like Team Fortress Two feel, where it's like, yeah, let's just start bolting stuff on. That's fun. So. Which I'm glad because it's becoming much more yeah. like it's more than a game. It's just like league or something. It's like a pastime or something, you know. So we'll have to do that. We'll do a 
like streaming night or something for Rocket yeah, League. Yeah, now that I can play too. Oh yeah, Ronald's got right. Rocket League, so we got we, no excuse. And now you make it awkward because there's four and we have five. <laughs> yeah. AI man, AI can come okay. and school us again. Yeah, we we'll get we got we we'll get somebody else. Yeah, that's true. We'll we play against each other. It's more fun when we play against each other. We don't get as pissed. Yeah, you we can tell um, <laughs> Alex to play. She's gonna be better than me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I get her. Yeah, but turn off voice chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Ooh, she squeakers. Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry about him. What does that mean? <laughs> you got some splaining to do. <laughs> All right, so that's wrap around it for the night. Pew, pew, pew. Now it's time for. All right, tonight's game of the week. Is it a game came out of like six, seven months ago, right? <laughs> it's really nice. Yeah, it's been around we're hitting, for we're bit, hitting yeah. last year, last week it was Red Dead Redemption, and now it's, it's like these games. <laughs> well, that's the whole point. Now that we're just doing a bunch of different, we, we're catching up. I mean, we didn't have it for, remember, we didn't have it for six months. Yeah, or seven exactly. Months. So this is from the Clash of Clans people, Supercell, and they, again, another company probably didn't need to do anything else. Because they have an addiction game yeah. on their hands with that, where they make millions of dollars a day. Swimming in money, yeah. But they released a new game. You know, it didn't work out for Rovio when they released new games really that well. But they tried to rele- They released a new game that's kind of a twist on, it's like a PvP tower defense thing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's essentially it, yeah. yeah sort of. That. You want to go, Obina? Or? Yeah, Obina, you break it down. Oh sure, yeah. uh, I guess yeah. I wouldn't even, actually. I would never have classified it as a tower defense, but I guess it. I always it just think is. it is like that. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of is. So, uh, but yeah, you give you're given these cards. You earn you build these decks, I guess, and each card has like a special, I guess, uh, champion, I guess, or a hero, or you or know, unit yeah. or a unit that does something special. Um, and, and it's it's actually each card is actually really unique. Um, and really, like you really have to play them strategically, and you build your deck. Uh, it's actually there's some strategy that goes in building a deck. You just can't throw everything together uh, and then expect it to work. Um, so, uh, like you said, there is that PvP component where you're actually and and the good thing about or the interesting thing about this game is that this PvP is all like synchronous. So you're actually up against someone in real time uh, and fighting them. Uh, so they ma- they have that matchmaking component where they're matching you against someone of a similar, I guess. What's the word that they use? Skill level? Skill like, level. I don't know. Well, or Ranking. trophy level, I think. Yeah, yeah, trophy. Yeah, they base it off trophies. And you earn trophies by defeating these other players and kings. Um, uh, so, yeah. And you use, tr- I think you use, yeah. you get gold to actually level up your cards and, and earn more cards, and etc. cetera. Right. Um, so, there's actually, there's a lot of pieces in this game. Um, but it's actually, so- yeah. And Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, just to kind of like, Get the general idea of the gameplay because we we talked about the cards and sort of the uh, I guess the tower defense aspect of it. What what happens in it is uh, basically like Obina said, it's a synchronous gameplay between two people, and each each player has three towers. You've got like two like sort of uh, um, first line towers. They're basically the first two on the path that the opposing player must bust through, and then you've got your home like your your main base that if they bust that down then game over you lose yeah. uh, and ba- where the cards come in is you're basically playing these cards or putting troops onto the field and they'll go down these two paths it's almost like lanes in a MOBA too where you get, like you get a left and a right lane and you send these troops down e- either of those lanes and you know they, they walk down the lane to attack those opposing towers yeah. so you can actually end up in a draw where you both like after so much time it's like well we still both have two towers so it's a draw or you know, maybe you steamroll somebody and just run down a lane, knock down the first perimeter tower, then knock down the home base, and game over. So, yeah. yeah. But um, it's 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 a very interesting game mechanically. Like Obina said, synchronous. So that's cool. Um, I like I played a bit of this myself, and it uh, it's a fun game. But I got a little frustrated too because those cards you can get are actually gated off by your trophy level. So say I'm like rank three because of my trophy level. It's like, I can only like earn this certain subset of cards. So like, you know, we were saying you, you're wanting to build a deck, like a, you know, like a smart deck, sort of like hearthstone or something. And, um, you know, you can't get some of those better cards until you break past that, you know, that rank. So it's like all of a sudden, 
like if you get stuck, you're you're kind of in this loop of sucking. At least I was. Maybe I'm just bad. <laughs> you know, you're just like, oh, I, I, yeah, go ahead. No, but yeah, you're, you're right. It does. They do gate you off, but I think it, it's it's a gating because a lot of their as you do progress in, in trophy level and move up in rank, these cards that are revealed are really they're like they cost more, but they're very like. They do play into your strategy a lot more into conquering these towers. So, um, it, it, it when you're unlocking more, and, and if you do fall back down into a, a lower bracket and you have all these higher locked, unlocked cards, you can really just steamroll past people in lower ranked and just move right back up to whatever rank you could be. Because those, the fact that they're getting it is, I mean, it's pretty essential because those cards on the higher levels are much better cards than what you experience. But then, Still, since it's a game of strategy, even these lower rank cards, if, especially if you're using your, I guess, your crowns or your gold to level them up, they are still viable in later rounds. So it's really just what kind of deck you build. It's it's really interesting. And it's, again, it's one of those little quick, easy, fun games that you can play in a play session of like, I think it's what, like 30 second, you know, battles, I think, or it's really, really short battles yeah, it's, or minute long It's battles. very short. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's like... At most, like a couple minutes or something yeah. like that. Uh, yeah, it's 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 very short and sweet. So that's and I, that's I think that's why it works so well on mobile and why, like you <laughs> said, Obina, the, that sort of synchronicity also works is because you know it's it's multiplayer. But you know, hey, we're only going to be doing this for two minutes, so I could conceivably just sit down while you know waiting on somebody. Yeah, another thing we didn't talk about that's another key component is their whole guild system or this clan. Um, oh, that's right. Clan yeah. system where you can basically just clan with or guild up with a lot of. I don't know if it's a guild or clans. I can't remember, but I think it's probably clans. But you you have these groups of people that are friends that you know. Like for me, we're we're playing with all of the people that are at our studio, and we all have this clan that we joined. Uh, and then we just like can talk and interact, and you can chat with them. You can watch their battles that they've recently gone on. Uh, you could watch it real time too, which is a feature they just recently added, uh, where you could actually watch oh, them nice. the friendly battles real time, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, the the whole clan system is really cool. Well, I don't think there's that much to the clan system except for you can help your clan mates level up their cards by donating your own, which is interesting. So it's really cool, and I think I think those are so. It's time for the debug lounge. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's like done. Taking he's control like, yeah, of it. Okay. Yeah. Enough of oh, that one. Yeah, no, the no, the other one. Class, class okay. He's got a bedtime, so, guys. <laughs> <laughs> the Debug Lounge is um, our um, video interviews uh, show that we released um, like a month ago. Uh, and it's the, the opportunity that we give our listeners to um, come. Uh, to the show and talk about their projects, their games, um, and uh, basically tell the the rest of the community what they're working on. Yeah, I think it's a really good opportunity for all of you. It doesn't matter if you're um, starting to learn um, um, to program or 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 uh, in in game development. It doesn't matter. Uh, just um, if you're interested. Um, sign up for the Debug Lounge uh, Facebook group, and uh, we we post regularly when we're going to record. Actually, we're going to record um, on Saturday, August twentieth. Um, so it's in 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 the Facebook group. So sign up for that, and um, we will email you back. And uh, check it out. It's, it's awesome to see uh, what other people have to say and their stories, their experiences, and um, their advices. So, cool. Check it out. Do right it. on, man. Yeah. Awesome. Also, before we go, we're going to mention if you feel like supporting us, uh, you can go to Patreon. Our Patreon page is patreon.com slash the debug log. And there, you know, that helps us pay the bills, I guess, <laughs> Google bills and all that stuff. Uh, in the future, keep looking for it. I promise sooner or later we're going to have other tiers besides the $1 tier. We're still kind of thinking, <laughs> we're still kind of thinking of the fun stuff we could do. We, we, I think we were thinking about a game night and we're just trying to figure out the logistics of that because we don't want to, we don't want to ever put stuff on there and take it away. We'd rather slowly implement things that we can do every month with you guys. So keep checking that out. There's a dollar level now if you want to join in. That helps us out and we would greatly appreciate it. All right. Well, until Peace. next time, you can catch me on Twitter. I'm at Andrew underscore Curry. That's C-U-R-R-I-E. 
I'm at O-Beans. That's O with the H, Beans with the Z. I am at R-E Kilgore, K-I-L-L-G-O-R-E. I'm at R- Eduardo CF1989. And for the first time ever, holy uh, shit, <laughs> Zach is at Wookie Jumper. Yeah, 42. Oh, sorry. Jumper. <laughs> there we go. 42. 42. Check so it W-O-O-K-I-E-E <laughs> Jumper J-U-M-P-E-R 42. Oh, his, that's the his number first four. time. I guess the you gotta look out to say the whole thing. <laughs> 420XXX. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we finally convinced him after 46 episodes that happened. So check him out. It's been over a year. We've been razzing him about this. <laughs> yeah. And I will still never check it. You lost your oldest joke, Ryan. <laughs> you keep doing yeah, it. <laughs> Thanks. We'll find another Thanks, one. Zach. Yeah. Don't worry. <laughs> All right. He's got plenty of material. He's a gold mine. So. <laughs> that note, we'll see you guys later. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Peace. the topics that um, he doesn't want to talk a lot or doesn't quite um, dominate. He just ask questions. Just ask a lot of questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, oh, so now what do you mean by that? Well, that's a genius point. That was kind of a, that, was that an again? insult for Avina for I all know, the episodes? Right? Avina just asked questions, dummy. No, 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 no. <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> he said it was awesome, actually. Yeah.